0: Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Come.
1: 1017 FM and 710 Kiel with Mike and McCarty and uh, with with, with all the breaking weather that's been going on lately we certainly appreciate the national weather service uh, and specifically michael berry joining us each morning to give us updates and keep us posted on uh, like the levels at cross lake michael good morning thanks for joining us again
2: good morning mike how are you we are well thank you we're we're trying at the moment we need therapy <laughs> are you, are we're, de- wet? we're wet and we're depressed <laughs> we this are is too depressed much. It, this is too much this is too much well, it could be a lot worse. I'm um, you know, looking at uh, reports coming out of North Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where they've got trees falling due to, due to ice accretion. So it's, uh, it could be a lot worse. We could be sitting here without electricity light right now, like a lot of them are.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I got uh, speaking of Dallas-Fort Worth, my wife has to drive over there. Uh, when, mm-hmm. do, when do you suggest that's the best time to do that?
2: Wow. Well, their precipitation, their their frozen precipitation, should be coming to an end later today. I know their ice storm warnings they have out for the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex end ends later this morning. So, hopefully, like like we like we did the yesterday and late last night, our uh, our freezing rain chances have ended now that we're well above freezing now, and that the same will hold true as you head west.
3: Okay, how much rain have we gotten over the past week? In total, what's the, the, the total tab? I know you have a, uh, you have a petri dish over there.
2: <laughs> well, petri. over the past week, if you count the rain we had late last week and over the weekend, we're uh, between uh, four and five inches. Wow. Now, just in the past 24 hours, we're, we're getting close to about an inch and a half. Uh, the rain became more moderate in intensity overnight, uh, late last night and early this morning. I know since midnight, just here at the Shreveport Regional Airport, we're starting to approach an inch of rainfall. And we're still forecasting an additional inch or two inches before we get all this precipitation east of us later tonight. And, of course, that is going to impact our, our, our lake levels talk
3: let's talk about that cross lake was down up uh, this morning. I thought at one seventy two something um yes. w- where where is it headed what's the what's the the projection now
2: so uh you're correct cross lake I just looked at the hydrograph cross lake is currently at one seventy two point six feet. With this additional rainfall today through this evening, we're still looking for that another crest, another rise on Cross Lake near 175 feet by this weekend. So that would be an additional, oh, two and a half feet close to that by, by Sunday.
3: But not approaching what we earlier thought was 177, which would have been the 2016 levels, which was kind of devastating.
2: That's correct, and what's helped by that is that they were very proactive there uh, of opening those gates and letting some of that water out uh, as we as we forecast this additional rainfall into the basin.
3: Are there any other area lakes that are uh, worrisome? Wallace Lake, Bistano, are you still concerned about
1: some of those areas we, too? We had somebody asking about Caddo Lake. Is mm-hmm. there is there flooding possibility there?
2: We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I think, I think Cattle Lake could, could very well uh, reach flood stage, but we're most concerned right now with Wallace Lake. Uh, Wallace Lake currently this morning, uh, 150.6 feet. It is starting to rise again from the rainfall yesterday and overnight tonight into this morning. So we're starting to see that, that rise, that, that slow rise on Wallace Lake develop this morning. So, with the additional rainfall through tonight, we're looking at a, a secondary crest on Wall Lake between 154 and 155 feet again this weekend.
1: Talking with Michael Berry from the National Weather Service, Michael, we know we've got another system coming through next week. When can we look for this to be over? When when can we stop having to watch flood levels and lake levels?
2: Well, I've been I've been trying to help Erin out. I know she wants some sunshine, <laughs> yes, and looks no. like. <laughs> Well, it looks like we are going to get that uh, during the day tomorrow, so the sun returns tomorrow, and we might even sniff 50 degrees for a high temperature tomorrow. It's been a long time since when, since we've been able to say that. We look good for this weekend, but rain chances are back in the forecast for early in the middle part of next week. It, it does not appear to be an all-week soaker like what we've had to deal with this week, and temperatures are expected to be warmer, so and at this time the rainfall accumulation next week does not appear to be excessive so I don't foresee uh, another impact on area lakes and rivers. Uh, of course, that could change if this system were to slow down and we have days upon days of, of, of moderate to heavy rainovers. But next week's system does not appear to look like that at this time.
3: One more thing before we let you go. Um, again, can you help us with where is the ice line? If I've got to go to Dallas this you know tomorrow or this weekend, where is the ice line where when I get to this spot, it's going to change to freezing stuff?
2: Sure. You have to go west of Tyler, just, just west of Tyler uh, towards Canton is about where the freezing line exists this morning. But again, the later in the morning we go, they should see their temperatures rise above freezing the same way Tyler did yesterday across our region.
1: Now, I do have one more question. As far as uh, all of this water levels rising, does this um, help our aquifers as we head into the spring and then into summer? Is this going to help keep oh, us from- oh, absolutely,
2: absolutely it does, yes. And uh, we'll just have to see what our spring outlook holds. We're actually, our long-term outlook calls for, oh, near to slightly below, below normal rainfall for uh, February, March, and April. We'll just have to see Um, What that does, but uh, I I know we we were dealing with with flash drought conditions all last summer and last fall. But this rainfall is certainly helping us, and um, hopefully we won't go into a very very dry period this spring and this summer. We like we like uh, average rainfall. Obviously, we don't want to have anything excessive or anything much below normal, but that this rain will help.
1: Michael
3: Berry, gonna have to put you on the payroll if we keep this up. <laughs> Thanks
2: so much hey, for your time. That's why we're here. Happy to help you. Thanks. We, we
1: do appreciate your time, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. 1017F. seven FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty. I <laughs> came across this story, and it was a, a, a meeting in, in, in Washington. Let me get the exact. It's a House Committee meeting, okay? And mm-hmm. before they even get to the business of the meeting, they get into a huge argument about the Pledge of Allegiance.
0: No, no.
1: Now, that was my, my first response was, seriously, are we still doing this?
3: Whether they could say it or not?
1: Well, that was my, the, this is what surprised me. It wasn't about, the objection wasn't the actual pledge or the line, one nation under God. <laughs> During the meeting, Matt Gatz uh, introduced, a Republican, an amendment to start each meeting with the pledge. God bless you. Democrat David Cicilline, if I'm saying that correctly, then said, "Okay, if you want if you want to add that amendment, I'm going to make a, a caveat, the pledge cannot be led by an individual who supported the January 6th riot." Oh wow, in the Capitol. Wow. <laughs> he says, "Are there port- congressmen
3: who supported the riot?"
1: This <laughs> This really? Is- This is the absurdity where we are, in which we live. Ciceline said, this pledge is an affirmation of your defense of democracy and the Constitution. It's hard to take that claim seriously if, in fact, an individual in any way supported an insurrection against the government. I can't let it go. And Gats responded, my concern would be if your definition of an insurrection is objecting to electors, then there would be many Democrats on the committee that would not be eligible to lead the pledge. I mean, they go back and forth on. Can you just take care of our business? Can you just lower
3: our taxes, help with inflation, fix the crime problem?
1: Yeah. Can we work on things that matter to us? Can we do the company, the the company, can we do the country's business? Please. I, I, I don't know how long they spent on this. Mm. Amend- uh, Gatz's amendment did pass, 39 to 0. Oh. Cicilline's amendment was defeated, 24 to 13. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> and, that, and that bastion of, of intelligence, Jerry Nadler, expressed a question of why they need to recite the pledge for a second time during the day. Oh, so he apparently has an issue with.
3: It's twenty seconds of your day, but you can argue for three hours about toe fungus or whatever. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, these folks, I just don't understand. We're so tired of it. We're so it's... tired of this nonsense from our leaders that it's just we don't we don't care about it anymore. People don't. do well, how don't... about
1: this raising the debt ceiling now? <laughs> And Democrats don't want to cut spending because we have to spend that millions on the mating habits of the, you know, <laughs> South Dakotan box turtle or some uh, absurdity like that. That is just ridiculous. Some of the things. Yeah, we
3: don't we well, don't we we're, the priorities are so out of whack that that's why people don't vote. That's why people are disengaged with the government. That's why they just go to their jobs every day and try to earn a living and forget about. Politics.
1: What What did Rush used to say? It was the best when the government did shut down, because these morons weren't up there destroying more things. Yes, and wasting money. And and the government doesn't shut down. No, your mail is still going to run. Mm -hmm. You know, Social Security is still going to be issued. Yeah. It's it's just. Oh yeah. It's it's it's, you know it's laughable, but it's so frustrating, Aaron. Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating these idiots it's it's the people that look for something to be offended by right right that's
4: right we have to say the pledge again hardy it it I was in the second grade mm,
3: yeah shut up i know go away go away
1: <laughs> pull your pants up a little bit farther yeah. they below your breastises mr <laughs> nadler you don't want that to happen.
3: No, let's for God forbid that would happen. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, yeah. I
1: just, I just, again, it's to the point, Aaron. Sometimes in the evenings, I like to, I like to watch different, show, you know, news programs. I like to catch up, you know, stay with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just, I just got to go to Mayberry.
3: I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'm going to, since you mentioned watching shows on TV, I'm going to mention something right now that, um, Where's like a hammer or something <laughs> that oh, I can no. hit Reuben with?
0: Oh uh, no! Oh no! Did you actually watch a I, movie I suggested? Aaron
3: did watch a movie, <laughs> and you know I was I was all intrigued by it because I thought, oh, this is about high 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 oh, high man. high dollar cuisine. It's a show about. It's called The Menu.
1: Oh I, yeah, I've seen and, the promo. And they I've bring the they promo. bring out
3: these beautiful food dishes. Where's the hammer? <laughs> It, it, it took good. a turn. It takes Look, a little turn. I'm not gonna say anything else. It took a turn. I was ready to I was ready to beat him up. Oh yeah, man. I was are, like, are You they... just ruined a great what I thought was a great cooking show. And I was like, why is Ruben watching a cooking? Are they serving show?
1: are they are they serving up the lady in 8 C or something mm,
0: like no, that? No, it's it's
3: kinda worse than oh, that. No. But oh. Yeah, it, oh, it's
0: madness. It's it's definitely a, a Ruben movie. It's one of my new favorites.
3: <laughs> I don't even want a hammer. I want a hatchet. <laughs> Where's a hatchet? <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Well, see,
0: now I've got to go home and watch it. Yeah, though.
3: exactly. you be yeah. like, i, I Sorry. see this. It's not a food movie, folks. Just a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> How
1: do we get to the, from the Pledge of Allegiance to cannibalism? Uh, you, you
3: you mentioned watching TV. Yeah. Oh, just I was talking me. about news programs. I know, no, no, and, no, no. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was
1: excited to watch a good
3: food oh, show. Man. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now I'm worried about Reuben. I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wasn't before. Let's hope we
3: don't have a hatchet in here now, no, yeah. No.
1: <laughs> we spoke with uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser yesterday morning uh, about, uh, of course, Mardi Gras coming into the Arklatex into the state of Louisiana. And you can hear that conversation 640 with Mike and McCarty. 1017
2: Forg. F-
4: Ladies and gents, turn on.
1: Up- this kind of car what is Tampa. that? My kids, when I <laughs> I used to drive them to school every morning, mm-hmm. and and I, I remember the truck, and and it had a button on the end of the shift lever that would send the gear into a higher the truck into mm-hmm. a higher ratio of gears, and I, it was Micah was thrilled to push the button. You want to push the button? And she, <laughs> yeah. But if the radio was on, if something like that came on, they immediately looked at me, we'll change it, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it makes me think of.
5: Oh, goodness. 101.7
1: FM, 710 KEO, Mike and McCarty.
3: It's only the legendary Carlos Santana. Sorry.
1: Well, <laughs> from when? You ultra maroon. I know. Still, I'm, I'm just, yes, I admit it. I'm not a hip hop fan. Is
3: is. Is Tom Brady really done? Is he is he done?
1: Was Michael Jordan really done?
3: Yeah. He sh- now,
1: and now that's one that should have left before oh, yeah. he did.
3: And please, Cowboys fans, please, please, please stop posting these things on, on social media. The last team to beat the goat. Oh, yeah. Oh. Stop it. Like that makes a difference. <laughs> please. They're not going to ask that on Jeopardy. I promise you.
1: Did you see the picture? It's, it's, it's a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, and she's between two old women. I mean, like eighty-year-old women. <laughs> and it said a former cheerleader with two of the cheerleaders from the squad the last time they won a Super Bowl.
3: Yes.
1: yes. Oh, <laughs> pretty funny.
3: Oh, it was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> mm.
1: Billy Lovegasser joins us on the Jack Spring Electric NewsMaker Hotline. Coming up next, Mike and McCarty. One. Of- Speaking. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. The guy that has next to my job, probably one of the greatest jobs in the world, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good
4: morning. How y'all doing this morning?
1: We're
3: wet and soggy Wonderful. and want the rain to stop. Can you work on that one? <laughs> I'll try. (laughs) We got Mardi Gras right around the corner, and it's looking like this may be the biggest year for Mardi Gras, from shreveport Bozier all the way down to homa Thibodeau, all over the state, right?
4: It really is. I'm excited, you know, coming off of the Macy's and Rose Parade, uh, the activity of people getting excited about coming to Louisiana and promoting Mardi Gras all over Louisiana has grown every year. Uh, up until COVID, and then last year we saw increases all over Louisiana, and this year we made a special effort to drive people to every corner of the state.
1: Now, we know uh, Mardi Gras in Washington, D.C. is a big deal. Was that started by Louisiana, and does it promote Louisiana?
4: Yeah, it really does. It began in 1944. Um, Louisianans were homesick and they started it, and it's grown, and every year it's a sellout, and every year it's new people because the congressional delegation picks princesses from all over the state, each congressional district, each congressman picks princesses, and then they have the fair and festival queens, and they get a new king or queen each year. So it brings uh, new people there, and then there's a a few uh, people that come, like I had a group there from New Jersey um, that have never been before. So we bring a few people from all over the country, uh, many that are with other senators and representatives to get a taste of Louisiana uh, while they're up there. But it's a great event. To, everybody comes together for a good time if it gets to problems. And uh, really, everybody should go once
3: the the mayor of new orleans yesterday had a big uh news conference yesterday the day before i'm not sure saying that they've got plenty of security for for new orleans mardi gras and, and et cetera. but there's still a lot of people that thinking going to new orleans for mardi gras am i really going to be safe how much of in in those discussions have you been in on and are you are you confident that new orleans mardi gras which is one of the biggest events in our state ever is going to be safe for our visitors
4: Well, I I was at the press conference. I was involved early on with all the crew captains. Um, You know, state police is going to be there. Um, I'm glad that they're going to have the the full routes for the parades. I couldn't imagine shortening those routes with so many people cramming into a small area. Uh, I personally thought would have been more dangerous than having the full routes. Um, I'm hopeful. You know, I'm, I'm never overly confident just because of the crime problems we've seen. Um, I think we're not going to see crime change until we we start keeping these people behind bars. Um, you know, we're, we're arresting people one, two, and three dozen times before they spend any time behind bars. They really got to do something, either kill somebody or beat them pretty badly. Um, the same people are committing the same crime. Well, and even then, we they don't
1: those, seem to keep them.
4: No, they don't. And so uh, I'm concerned. You know, every time there's a major event, the Miss Universe pageant uh, went off without a hitch. But I was concerned with all those young ladies from around the world. Um, It's a concern all over Louisiana uh, until we get this crime under control. It is going to affect tourism. It is affecting tourism in New Orleans, especially. Last year for Mardi Gras, we saw increases, I believe, at every Mardi Gras. Except New Orleans, it was a slight decrease. So I'm so glad we're promoting Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. So if something does occur, at least we're letting the world know there's family-friendly, safe, affordable Mardi Gras in other parts of Louisiana.
1: And, well, speaking of which, we're pretty proud of, uh, of our Mardi Gras season here in north Louisiana, especially shreveport Bozier Um very family-friendly. A lot of folks make it up with this way. Um, do you make it up during our Mardi Gras at all? Are you looking forward to coming up?
4: Uh, you know, I've got about nine parades I'm riding in this year. I rode in two uh, year last year up there, so I'm, I'm, I've pivoted to another part of the state this year. I wish I could ride them all. But I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. Those parades in North Louisiana have a great economic impact. And we draw people from all over. I was so proud last year to get a letter of a family that flew into Dallas, I believe from Japan, and took a car and came over to Shreveport to Mardi Gras. What a great time they had. Uh, people from Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, we have a good draw drive market, and, um, and, and they really do a great job. The tourism folks up in Shreveport, Bozzi, do a great job. And, um, and those parades are incredible.
3: Let's, let's shift gears to the cleanliness of the state again. We want to put our best face on while our visitors are in town. Are you making some progress on that front? I know you put a big task force together. Are you seeing some improvements?
4: We really are. You know, we still got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're giving out grants to sheriffs who are going to use work release prisoners to keep their parishes clean. Uh, I think we've bought eight vans for sheriffs. We're giving out, we're giving out uh, several hundred garbage cans to local uh, municipalities as long as they agree to empty them. Uh, we've got uh, over 350 groups that go out and clean up uh, every fourth Saturday. Those groups are going out all over the state. And we're working with DOTD to separate the grass cutting from picking up trash because we don't believe a lot of those contractors actually cleaned up the highways. So we want to separate those contracts, monitor them better, and make sure people are doing what they're paid for.
3: Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser, one more thing before I let you go—that I we didn't we didn't give your staff ahead of time because I just saw it yesterday, um, and I'm really bummed about this. Yelp, which is a big group, is out with their top 100 restaurants in the United States. And not one restaurant is on that list from Louisiana. I call BS on this. I think this list is now completely bogus. How can such a monstrosity of a website like that put a list out? Disappointing to you, I guess, huh?
4: It really is. You know, they obviously haven't been down here. So we're going to have to reach out to them and and take them on a a tour of Louisiana and and let them know what some real good food is about. Because I tell you... Besides the people um, being the friendliest in the world and treating strangers like family, the biggest compliment we get is all the mom-and-pop restaurants, the great food, and and it's served with such a uh, personality and love for what they do all over Louisiana is probably the second biggest compliment we get about Louisiana. So we know something's wrong with that list.
5: been hurt babe that ain't no lie.
3: i'm gonna make them worse and worse till you get on that
1: (laughs) i've gotten on it
3: you guys haven't put them in you gotta load them one of y'all's gotta load them y'all gotta fix that i emailed
0: them to Ruben.
3: nah yeah i know
0: was i supposed to do that
2: i guess (laughs) please he didn't have
0: a studio
3: down here anymore right now so yeah i can't access
1: any of that. Oh, inside stuff. <laughs> We're very inside right baseball right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady earlier mm-hmm. and asked the, if, if, if I thought he was really out. And it, I, it, who knows? Yeah. You know, that's like trying to predict an election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody that says this is how it's going to go, right, or, or predict a jury? The, yeah, what know, the verdict will be. What, right, what the verdict is going to be no telling. There's no way to know. Yeah, un, until time passes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I look back, um and I remember back in the '70s when ah. Dallas Cowboys was all you could get mm-hmm. here. And, uh, man, I I love the Cowboys. Right. Tom Landry?
3: Yes. Roger Staubach? Yeah. Roger Staubach
1: was the man. Mm -hmm. And he was the Drew Brees of his day, you know? And he went out. When he retired, that was it. He left. It's like Wayne Rogers on MASH. Remember Trapper John on MASH? Mm -hmm. The original Trapper John Wayne Rogers. He was unhappy with the way... Uh, Alan Alda was getting all the funny lines. Mm-hmm. He was getting the one-liners and the bulk of the, you know, the screen time. Right. And so he left after season, what, two or three. Yeah. But he was doing in a real estate investment, commercial investments in Los Angeles. He was making way more money in real estate than he was ever making in, you know, as an actor. Wow. And he was wow. a successful actor. Yeah. Well, the same thing with Roger Staubach. Staubach wisely was investing his money in, in real estate and Absolutely. built a company, so he didn't miss football at all. Mm-mm, no. And the,
3: and the great ones do that. They know how to manage their money, and they're setting it aside so that they'll have a future. Because how long can you play football? Unless you're Tom Brady and you can play till you're 45. <laughs> and, and you've made a pact with the devil. Most of them are done in their 30s. Well, you still have a long life then. You still have kids to raise right. and put through college and all the stuff that comes with that. So you got to plan. You got to set aside, you know, a chunk of that money but, while you're making it.
1: But there's something there, being that competitor, you know, that it's hard to let it go mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. Yeah. And he did not go out on top. Now no. he's again, he's won more Super Bowls than you know anybody, but. Hmm. It, it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm not going to say, yeah, he's done or right. yeah, he's coming back. But it'll, it'll be interesting.
3: And for all my Cowboy fans, Cowboy's the last team to beat Tom Brady.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right. <laughs>
3: Count on that one on
1: Jeopardy. Uh, David Palmer from the Pelican Institute. Did I say that right? Daniel. That's what I said, Daniel. I can't mm-hmm. even read my own writing. <laughs> Golly, Daniel. <laughs> And ironically, I was worried about the last name. Yeah, exactly.
3: You said the last name perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: going to join us later this morning. Maybe, maybe not after hearing this. Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM. 710 Keel. Yo. I don't know why I feel like I have to see William Daniel like this. William Daniel on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker hotline.
3: I'm sorry, Mr. Daniel. 101.7 <laughs> FM, medicine. I don't know
1: why. <laughs> William Daniel, that just sounds so good like that. Uh,
6: sounds like he's had too much coffee. <laughs>
1: yeah, with Bailey's in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just so happy the lake levels are, are dropping, and, and we, we do have some good news on the horizon.
6: You were right. Well, my staff was right. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in them. We looked at all... Everything that we were doing, and we felt pretty good about what the outcome would be.
1: William Daniel Water and Sewage Director for the City of Shreveport. Thank you for joining us.
3: Michael Berry at the Weather Service said, you know, and in fact complimented your your department, saying that you know the the level is down to 172 today, and he attributed that to you guys getting ahead of the, and getting the gates open, um, and you've kept them open all week, right?
6: Yes, uh, we're, we're look. We try to be very proactive about you know the lake level, people. You know, they forget that the primary purpose of the lake is to make water for 190,000 people, you know, the state's third largest city. But we are very cognizant of the fact that the lake, people live on it, they use it for recreation, and we try to keep it between that 171 and 172 level. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes we're supposed to get one inch of rain, we get six, and that... Changes uh, the calculus and in, in, in the, the you know the way the lake behaves, but we're very proactive in trying to uh, keep the lake at certain levels.
3: Okay, let's clear up because yesterday, because the other day when we spoke to you, we were talking to you about uh, the gates open. Are there three gates or four gates? And people were on my behind saying, "No, there's four gates." And uh, what are you? What can you've confirmed it now? Are there three or four gates up there?
6: There are four gates. However. One gate has never been opened. It's a sluice gate, and it was built. it's below all the other gates, and it was built to uh, drain the lake um, down to like 60 feet, I think. And so if that gate were opened, the lake would would drain uh, pretty precipitously. However, since it's never been opened, nobody is sure if it will open, but more importantly, they're not sure if they got it open that they could get it closed. So the research that I have done is that that gate has never been opened.
3: Okay, and the third gate, is it fully opened or partially?
6: It's probably 60% open. It is um, is damaged, and we're working to try and, you know, get between 750000 and a million dollars. I've actually got a report coming in. We have an engineering company looking at the, the gates, uh, and their preliminary report is due in the next week or so. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll know more then. Okay. Talking with William Daniel from the Water and Sewage Department. William, that third gate that you said is damaged, and it's about 60% open. Can you close it as well if you need to?
6: Yes, we can close it. We just can't open it. Uh, fully open it
3: okay what are you now projecting what is your staff now projecting for cross lake 172 now looks like it's still going down but we got a long day of rain ahead today
6: we do uh we've still got all the gates open it's just going to depend on how hard it how hard it rains but we don't think that that there's going to be a big uh difference in the in the lake level
3: and are you getting, and this may not be your in your purview, but I'm sure you're in the meetings, are y'all getting calls um, from folks who have water in their homes yet, or is it just still approaching a lot of homes?
6: We, personally, I don't know of anybody who's got water in their home. Um, there's been some water that's come up in some people's backyards, and I get it, PTSD from 2016. Um, I completely understand their their consternation. Uh, we went out to a meeting, trying to reassure some of them uh, that we didn't believe that it would, um, you know, get a whole lot higher. They're understandably skeptical. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, but like I said, we're very proactive in trying to keep the lake level down. Uh, so, um, I like I have a lot of confidence in my staff and. Their ability to do their job. Uh, We're also uh, going to to apply, perhaps for a grant um, to model Cross Lake. The state has money for modeling, and we're going to apply for a grant. And there may be something already in the works. We're not 100% sure, but we're going to apply for a grant to model. lake which would take into account all the tributaries and rain and uh, maybe get some gauges uh, in some different places where that would give us even better uh, forecasting accuracy for the lake
4: well
1: it it fortunately looks like you've got that kind of under control i don't want to jinx anything but what about yeah what about (laughs) in other areas like you know, runoff and drains in in within the city, are you having any other issues that you're having to deal with as well?
6: Well that's you know, that's uh uh called stormwater. And that is under the purview of um the public works director, Gary Norman. Mm-hmm. So you should call up Gary and get him on the show. He gets up early as well.
3: Okay. Well, I, my, I was thinking that was
1: <laughs> those are sewers that
3: yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, we may give him a. No, don't.
6: Yeah, we don't have a consolidated sewer and stormwater system. We have a stormwater system and a sewer system. And uh, I think if you took a poll of, of cities that had you know that had a consolidated stormwater and sewer system, you'd find that they wish they weren't. So. I think we're better off without uh, a
1: consolidated system. Please forgive me.
6: Mr. I'm not Daniel? A bad
3: person. Let me ask you this. Between, you know, tomorrow maybe sunshine coming back and another round of rain next week, what is your plan with regard to the gates? Do you leave them open through that entire time or do you try to close them, build the lake you know, keep the lake at a, at a decent level and then maybe reopen them next week? What's the plan now?
6: Well, the plan currently is to keep the gates open. We're going to try to get it down you know, near 170 uh and then uh 170 is kind of optimum for us for uh making uh water we need uh we don't want to stir up you know a lot of solids when we when we are pulling uh from our intake at the lake so we we try to keep it around 170 any lower starts causing us some issues which runs up the cost of of making the water uh, and the quality um, you know can suffer so we're gonna to try to get it down to around one seventy, and then we'll the staff will look at the rain and decide whether or not um uh, they're gonna keep the gates you know well we'll keep three gates open or two or maybe we'll close one gate uh we're still looking at that it's it's like a week to ten days out, so uh we'll stay on top of it like I said, my staff they are weathermen, they are gate operators they are you know we we have hatchery people out there. Uh, we have chemists, microbiologists. Uh, they wear a lot of different hats,
3: mm-hmm.
6: uh, and they're very good at what they do.
3: Thank you, William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewer, for your time this morning. We appreciate it.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thank mm-hmm. you. One one seven ff 2 101.7 FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, you, 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 <laughs> you dirty rat. <laughs> I'm I'm
3: trying to help. Anyway, it's probably not good because I'm not good with all that music stuff. But anyway, um, I wanted to make make it real clear because we t- we discussed when um a temporary restraining order was filed against Caddo Commissioner Stephen Jackson last month, perhaps, um and the judge agreed and granted a temporary restraining order to his former girlfriend. Um, Mr. you know, I reached out to Mr. Jackson and, uh, you know, there was no comment at the time, but he did file a response with the court and now they have reached a mutual agreement. Uh, Stephen Jackson with his former girlfriend, um, where mutual orders of protection, um, will be in place for each other. Like you stay away from me and I'll stay away from you. And that will include her child. And I really wanted to, um, we talked a little bit, you and I talked a little bit about his contact with the child Mm -hmm. and in reading his paperwork, um, you know, he wants to make it clear and I'm trying to give his side of the story because
1: it's a juvenile
3: Right. It, because, daughter. Right. It's a juvenile daughter. We hadn't heard his, you know, his side of the story, but there was claims that he was bothering the child, that he was texting the child to get to the mother and all that. And and his side of the story is that it was really the child texting him, um, asking for things because he was called by the mom and the child as a bonus daddy. And that's his, his paperwork. It says he was called by them for the three years or however long the relationship was. He was called the bonus daddy. And so he was doing things with the child and, and, and buying things for the child. And there was a time when the child was asking for, I think, a PlayStation and was texting Mr. Jackson, you know, asking if you could get me a PlayStation. And he was replying to the child about that. And then the child said, no, I'd really ra- rather a Nintendo Switch. And so he apparently provided that too. So he was providing things for the child. And he wanted to make it real clear, you know, for those who were, who had said the story was he was, he was a stalker and he was bothering this woman. He emphatically denies that and, and says it was really the child reaching out to him because the child treated him like an, you know, another daddy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I told him last night, he texted me and he said, Hey, y'all talked pretty, pretty big trash about me. You know, when this first came out, I hope you will. Have, at least have my side of the story on in the morning. And I said, absolutely, Will. That's his side of the story. She had a different side on her story. Now they have come to an agreement and said, you know, we're going to quash what was before and we'll have mutual restraining orders against each other and we'll each stay away from each other. Now, both need to abide by that and we'll see if that happens. But anyway, that's one of his issues settled. He's still got uh, charges pending in Bowser um i believe for impersonating a police impersonating officer police yeah. which is pretty serious that's pretty serious now so. from
1: what i understand he has a business that purchases used police vehicles at auction mm-hmm. is that correct yes and then he i guess refurbishes them and resells them
3: he does he does and uh, and he's been doing that which a long why, time which
1: is it would explain why he has former police cars
3: Mm -hmm. he he does buy and sell cars that's part of what he does to make Mm -hmm. a living and um he goes to the auctions and buys some of those cars um you know the claim is that he he claimed to have been a police officer during an incident that happened outside of business in bosier uh he he is going to dispute that you know when this case gets to gets to court and uh, you know i don't know how that'll end up ending end up will he plead down will they pursue it you know that's all we don't know we're not we're not sure about that but you know i did tell him that you know we told the other her side of the story a a few weeks back and we'll tell his side today which i feel like maybe we adequately did maybe we didn't if we didn't he's he he knows where to reach me
1: Thank you for clearing that up. You bet. Daniel Erse Palmer with the Pelican Institute going to join us after the top of the hour. We're going to be discussing uh, school performance. Is so that-
3: Some schools, he says, are just not equal to others. Okay. And he says that's a big problem in Louisiana.
1: We'll talk about that coming up with Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM's app. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Did you ever? Did you ever go to any of the? Um, it was it was arena football here,
0: mm-hmm. but it,
1: but it was the AF two. Yes, Battle Wings. A, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the 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 Bossier Shreveport Battle Wings. Yeah, AF two, kind of a development league, like minor league for the uh, arena football league.
3: Fast paced football. It was cool.
1: It was exciting to yeah, watch. It was.
3: It was high um, scoring. It was wonderful.
1: Yeah, a little different mm-hmm. from the NFL. You got a guy in the backfield running, and then he'd be, he'd start on one side and start running, and then moving toward the line of scrimmage. Yes. <laughs> And then they'd snapped the ball right as he got to the... It's, the rules were different. It was 15 yards, too, or something like that for first
3: down? They I think had it was still 10 yards. Was it? Okay. They had they had different rules. The field it was, was like,
1: only 50 yards long. It was like 85 really? feet wide.
3: Oh, man. And yeah. the
1: goalposts in, in, in the NFL are like 18 and a half feet wide mm-hmm. and 10 feet off the ground. Okay. In AFL, they're like nine feet wide Ooh. and fifteen feet off the ground, so it's a much smaller target. Okay. Uh, but the a- uh, AFL kind of went defunct in mm-hmm. t- 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 middle of the twenties, you know.
3: Is it back?
1: And they're they're they say they're, they're coming back. Ooh. 16 cities. Okay. Across the U.S.
3: That's cool. Are we so- one of them?
1: It, they haven't announced yet. Okay. It could possibly, you know, we'll see. Mm. Who, who knows?
3: All right. But, that would uh, be interesting. It,
1: it was It was. It was <laughs> it fun. Was, like football light kind of thing. Yes, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Uh, we spoke with uh, Michael Berry from the National Weather Service talking about lake levels and freezing temperatures. More rain on the way. Hear what he has to say next with Mike and McCarty. 101. Life. 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel with Mike and McCarty. And uh, with with all the breaking weather that's been going on lately, we certainly appreciate the National Weather Service uh, and specifically Michael Berry joining us each morning to give us updates and keep us posted on uh, like the levels at Cross Lake. Michael, good morning. Thanks for joining us again.
2: Good morning, Mike. How are you? We are well,
1: thank you. we're,
3: no, we're not. The, no, we're, we're not. we trying <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> we need therapy. Are you, we're de- are you wet? We're wet, and we're depressed. <laughs> we this We are too depressed. Much. This is too much.
2: Well, it could be a lot worse. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at uh, reports coming out of North Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where they've got trees falling due to due to ice accretion. So it's uh, it could be a lot worse. We could be sitting here without electricity light right now, like a lot of them are.
1: Mm -hmm. I got speaking of Dallas, Fort Worth. My wife has to drive over there. Uh, Mm -hmm. when When do you suggest that's the best time to do that?
2: Wow. Well, their precipitation, their, their frozen precipitation should be coming to an end later today. I know their ice storm warnings they have out for the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex end, end later this morning. So hopefully like, like we, like we did the yesterday and late last night, our, uh, our freezing rain chances have ended now that we're well above freezing now and that the same will hold true as you head west.
3: Okay, how much rain have we gotten over the past week? In total, what's the, the, the total tab? I know you have a, uh, you have a Petri dish over there.
2: <laughs> well, petri. over the past week, if you count the rain we had late last week and over the weekend, we're uh, between uh, four and five inches. Now, just in the past 24 hours, we're, we're getting close to about an inch and a half. Uh, the rain became more moderate in intensity overnight, uh, late last night and early this morning. I know since midnight, just here at the Shreveport Regional Airport, we're starting to approach an inch of rainfall. And we're still forecasting an additional inch or two inches before we get all this precipitation east of us later tonight. And, of course, that is going to impact our, our, our lake levels.
3: Talk. Let's talk about that. Cross Lake was down this morning. I thought at one seventy two something. Um, yes. Where Where is it headed? What's the What's the the projection now?
2: So, uh, you're correct. Cross Lake, I just looked at the hydrograph. Cross Lake is currently at 172.6 feet. With this additional rainfall today through this evening, we're still looking for that another crest, another rise on Cross Lake, near 175 feet by this weekend. So that would be an additional, oh, two and a half feet, close to that by by Sunday.
3: But not approaching what we earlier thought was 177, which would have been the 2016 levels, which was kind of devastating.
2: That's correct. And what's helped by that is that they were very proactive there uh, of opening those gates and letting some of that water out uh, as we as we forecast this additional rainfall into the basin.
3: Are there any other area lakes that are uh, worrisome? Wallace Lake, Bistoneau,
1: are you still concerned about some of those areas we, too? We had somebody asking about Caddo Lake. Is mm-hmm. there is there flooding possibility there?
2: We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I think, I think Kettle Lake could, could very well uh, reach flood stage, but we're most concerned right now with Wallace Lake. Uh, Wallace Lake currently this morning, uh, 150.6 feet. It is starting to rise again from the rainfall yesterday and overnight tonight into this morning. So we're starting to see that, that rise, that, that slow rise on Wallace Lake develop this morning. So, with the additional rainfall through tonight, we're looking at a, a secondary crest on Wallace Lake between 154 and 155 feet again this weekend.
1: Talking with Michael Berry from the National Weather Service, Michael, we know we've got another system coming through next week. When can we look for this to be over? When when can we stop having to watch flood levels and lake levels?
2: Well, I've been I've been trying to help Erin out. I know she wants some sunshine, <laughs> yes, and it looks does. like. <laughs> it looks like we are going to get that uh, during the day tomorrow. So the sun returns tomorrow, and we might even sniff 50 degrees for a high temperature tomorrow. It's been a long time since, when, since we've been able to say that. We look good for this weekend, but rain chances are back in the forecast for early in the middle part of next week. It, it does not appear to be an all-week soaker like what we've had to deal with this week, and temperatures are expected to be warmer. So... And at this time, the rainfall accumulation next week does not appear to be excessive, so I don't foresee uh, a, another impact on area lakes and rivers. Uh, of course, that could change if this system were to slow down, and we have days upon days of, of, of moderate to heavy rainovers. But next week's system does not appear to look like that at this time.
3: One more thing before we let you go. Um, again, can you help us with where is the ice line? If I've got to go to Dallas this, you know, tomorrow or this weekend, where is the ice line? Line where when i get to this spot it's going to change to freezing stuff
2: sure you have to go west of tyler just just west of tyler uh, towards canton is about where the freezing line exists this morning but again the later in the morning we go they should see their temperatures rise above freezing the same way tyler did yesterday across our region
1: now i do have one more question as far as uh, all of this water levels rising does this Um, help our aquifers as we head into the spring and then into summer is this going to Help keep oh, us from- oh absolutely,
2: absolutely, it does. Yes, and uh, we'll just have to see what our spring outlook holds. We're actually our long-term outlook calls for oh near to slightly below normal rainfall for uh, February, March, and April. We'll just have to see um, what that does. But uh, I, I know we were dealing with with flash drought conditions all last summer and last fall. But this rainfall is certainly helping us, and um, hopefully we won't go into a very very dry period this spring and this summer we like we like uh, average rainfall obviously we don't want to have anything excessive or anything much below normal but that this rain will help
1: 1-7 well, FM Seven Ten KEO Mike and McCarty. Okay, earlier you asked you you were <laughs> you were saying you thought you were going to watch a nice little family film about food.
3: Yes, called it was, the Menu. Ruben sometimes recommends really good movies and and shows and you know so he said something yesterday and I had a long kind of lingering. It was wet outside so I couldn't go do what I wanted to do. So I said, hey, Ruben suggested this movie called the Menu, and I'll go watch it. <laughs>
0: had nothing yeah. to do with food, did it? Oh, it had a lot to do with food, just uh, uh, not in the way you'd think. <laughs> you're a twisted
3: human being. You
0: really well, so are
1: twisted. So then during the break, we're, we're, we're starting to talk about, and you said something about a movie called The Platform?
3: Yeah, this is a, a prison slash food movie. I don't know. And and it's really, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I watched it, but it draws you in. If you're in this prison and I'm, I may get it wrong. And, and you're on the top level. The food they serve you comes—it uh, comes up on this platform that rises from the bottom. It comes all the way up to your level, and it's loaded with food, ribeyes and fruit. Well, I thought and, it
1: started at the top and well, went, I don't know. Down. They
3: they bring it up to you after okay. they load it in the kitchen at the bottom. They raise it all the way to the top level. People at the top eat what they want off of it. You only have 60 seconds, and then a bell rings and bzzz, it lowers to the next level. And by the time it gets to the bottom level, level 99 or whatever, there's chicken bones on it. I mean, it's gross.
1: And, and, and other things. Yes,
3: other things. Oh. And it, it, it's, it's a study in humanity how people at the top, they gorge, they just eat all the ribeyes, they grab all the good stuff. And they don't share. They don't think about the people below them at all.
1: Well, we started talking about disturbing films oh. and I remember IFC years ago. I'm talking this is in the, maybe the nineties or early two thousands, a film called Gummo, I think <laughs> was the name of it. Gummo Harmony Corey. And that was so disturbing, Aaron. It was like it was like the platform with you. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't turn it off. I, I was know, like, I Oh know. my gosh.
3: And this stupid movie Ruben made me watch yesterday, the menu, don't watch it. <laughs> No, watch it. Because it sucks you in.
0: It's great. You, and,
3: and it's, I, it's a really, you know, fine dining. It starts out, you're thinking you're watching a fine dining movie. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. What the hell was Ruben doing watching it? But,
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: then I figured it out why Ruben was watching it. Well, um, I, I
0: mentioned Gummo, and Ruben, what was your response? I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. That's such a great movie.
3: (laughs) He's twisted, okay?
0: As soon as as it came out, it was one of the first things I ever ordered off of Amazon was that DVD.
3: Oh, the man's twisted. He really is.
1: (laughs) I mean that kid sitting in that bathtub, it looked like chocolate milk. Oh, that God.
0: water was so nasty. And he's eating mm-hmm. spaghetti and in eating the bathtub. Spaghetti. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, it was just
3: bizarre. <laughs> I just know after watching the menu, I'm never gonna look at s'mores the same.
0: So those those two <laughs> kids from the movie Gummo, a little little inside baseball on this, Harmony Corrine, the guy who wrote and directed it, found those guys and cast them because he saw them on an episode of Sally Jesse Raphael oh. about glue sniffers.
3: Oh, oh, my god. So gosh. they weren't, uh,
0: obviously, they weren't really actors. <laughs> no, they were real <laughs> glue sniffers.
1: <laughs> well, that explains a lot. Oh, you're psycho, Ruben. Oh, Daniel <laughs> Ersbomber may join us coming up after the news from the Pelican Institute. Mike and McCarty, 101.7. 1017 FM, 710 KEO. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker hotline from the Pelican Institute, is Daniel Erst Palmer. Daniel, are you in Baton Rouge or New Orleans? Where are you?
7: I am actually in between right now. I, I live in New Orleans. I'm making my way up to the meetings in, uh, in Baton Rouge. So I'm pulled off the road to talk to you all. It's great to be with you.
1: Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time to speak with us course
3: new audit report daniel shows a pretty big disparity in our schools um compared to i guess it's a racial disparity that more uh, black children are attending uh f ranked schools you've you've looked at this it this isn't really new news is it
7: no it's not you know this is something we've known for a long time that there are huge challenges within the school systems, and you know this is why we've talked about it before we believe certainly uh, as a fundamental principle that every child in louisiana deserves the opportunity to attend a good quality school and you know that's that's one of the reasons and and this report shows very clearly uh... giving kids and parents options to to go to the school that best fits them not only benefits every kid, but it particularly benefits these kids uh, that, are, that are stuck
3: in failing schools. But why not improve the failing schools? Why aren't we doing that and making the well, schools we, equal? You know what I mean? The, absolutely, and those two
7: things are not mutually exclusive. What, what we have learned every time that significant school choice measures have been implemented, Florida is our longest Uh, data set where we can really see over time here's what happens when competition comes in when kids and families are empowered to choose not only do student outcomes across the board increase because kids are going to a school that's a better fit for them but the traditional public schools that are left also end up doing better remember choice doesn't just mean leaving the public schools for a private school it may mean that Uh, But but choice means public charter schools, traditional public schools, magnet schools, private schools, home schools, micro schools, all of these options for kids that are available. And uh, and some are just better fit for others.
1: But is it a racial issue or is it a socioeconomic issue?
7: It's certainly both. You know, I mean, the, the overlap of those. Uh, of those questions is is pretty significant this this report from the legislative auditor looks particularly at racial questions i think if we did the same report uh you know broken down by socioeconomic we would certainly find that uh kids that are in the lower end of the socioeconomic scale are in the same uh, same set of of failing schools um and and it just you know it underscores why we've got to do better for every kid
3: what can parents do if their children go to a failing school they now have more choices in louisiana and charter schools are free for the most part aren't they
7: that's right all charter schools are free they're public schools um the wonderful thing about a charter school it's a it's a public school that has a little more autonomy it has more accountability remember if a if a public charter school fails it goes out of business if a traditional public school is failing, we give them more money. <laughs> this is the mm-hmm. this is the crazy thing in our system. But but to your question, if you, if you're in a failing school right now, you have the ability to transfer schools, and you can contact the state Department of Education uh, for more information. The Pelican Institute has some information at PelicanPolicy.org. Uh, to learn more about that, but but if you're in that failing system right now, you do have the ability to transfer to a new public school, or at least apply for that transfer.
1: Doesn't school choice wouldn't wouldn't that foster um, uh, competition and create a better product overall?
2: Absolutely, it would, and every
7: time this has happened that's exactly what we see is when we have competition when parents are empowered to get involved and choose the the opportunity that that's the best fit for them everybody benefits um and and i'll point out this is this is a wave that's coming Uh, the legislature passed several school choice bills that were ultimately vetoed by the governor last session and looking around the country four states now West Virginia, Arizona, Utah, and Iowa have all passed universal school choice programs.
3: Okay, where is Louisiana on vouchers? If I want my kid to go to a a school that charges tuition, uh, can I get help from the state right now in Louisiana to pay that tuition?
7: There are some opportunities for that, uh, particularly for families in low-income situations. There's the scholarship program. The application is through the State Department of Education, uh, which would provide a scholarship or a voucher to be able to to take that to a to a private school or different setting than a traditional public school. Uh, there's also tax credit scholarships, so those of you who are listening who may want to get involved, um, organizations like ACE and Arete, there are several here in Louisiana. Who are raising money it gives the the donor a tax credit and it provides a scholarship uh, in a similar manner for for low-income kids uh, to to attend a school uh, that may be a better fit for them and 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 a new program uh, that that we've been advocating called education savings accounts or education scholarship accounts uh, will allow that opportunity for every family in Louisiana
1: we're talking with Daniel Ersbommer from the Pelican Institute Daniel can give me a, a brief 30-second, 60-second summary of what the Pelican Institute is and and what you do?
7: Sure, thanks for that. The the Pelican Institute is Louisiana's free market think tank. So what that means in in real terms is our job is to study public policy in Louisiana to try to understand what conditions – our mission is around – opportunity. So, how do we create opportunity and pathways of opportunity for every person? We we believe every individual has the oppor- should have the opportunity to flourish. So, we study re- research policy issues, and then we work not only uh, with with citizens around the state to educate them, get them engaged, but we work with lawmakers. And of course, your listening area has some great ones. Representative Thomas Presley is one. Many others. Representative Alan Seaball. Uh, senator bear uh, peacock and others uh robert mills a lot of them up there who are great and uh and we love working with those those folks to to help provide the ideas that they can really champion and, and change the lives of louisiana
3: one more topic we want to switch gears a minute um you want to let people out of jail is that is that is that the, is that the deal
0: <laughs> i keep hearing that you, you just
3: want to open the jails and let people out is that true
0: Oh,
7: gosh, no, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. So what's uh, going uh, on with that? that? Yeah, The state so was, is, we,
1: is holding people past their release date, is that correct? And why is we, that?
7: We, that's right. We, we've got so many challenges in our criminal justice system. And let me start with just big picture. We, we believe that we should be smart about our justice policies, that we should follow the data, a novel idea, I know, um, but research and understand what will actually increase public safety reduce crime, and make the best use of scarce taxpayer dollars in doing so? So a few things. One is focus more on uh, reentry programs. More than 95% of individuals who are incarcerated are coming back into society. How are we making sure they're prepared to return and not commit a subsequent crime? If we can reduce that, what we call recidivism, the, uh, the instance of, of second or third crimes, that has a dramatic impact on reducing crime. And you're right. There was a report recently. We saw this from the Department of Justice that uh, the the Department of Corrections is keeping people past their uh, their release date. And, you know, we we. But digging into this, it, the, the data systems that uh, the department is using in some cases are 30 or 40 years old, and these are complex calculations, that, uh, and the laws keep changing on it. The legislature keeps working on this. So um, we've got to have better data solutions, and we just have to have more accountability on our criminal justice system to make sure it's it's not only increasing public safety and reducing crime, but uh, doing doing right by everybody in the system.
1: Daniel Erspalmer with the Pelican Institute. Man, thanks for pulling over and talking with us this morning.
7: <laughs> My pleasure. Anytime. Good to talk with you all. Thanks. thanks.
1: Drive, drive safely. 101.7 FM. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. There's a big issue going on. I, I say it's a big issue. There was... Uh, questionable. What's the word I'm looking for? Airline high school apparently confiscating. Yeah, d- uh, unregulated clothing.
3: Right. There's a there's a dress code at the school, and kids who violate the dress code, they, you know, they repeatedly get told over and over again, "Hey, you can't wear that. You're not supposed to wear that." You know. Well, apparently yesterday they did a a, a mass um,
1: confiscation confiscation
3: effort. of illegal clothing that the kids had on and parents are you know in an uproar
1: about it and because so because on one of the coldest days of you know yeah. they're taking away sweatshirts and coats
3: coats and all that that didn't have the proper logo on them or whatever and so we reached out to um Bozier schools to find out you know what's the what's the deal why did they do this on you know on Wednesday um when it was cold and rainy and etc and the principal sent a statement. I just received it, and I'm, gonna read, I'm just going to read it word for word. Dress code violations have been a consistent problem. And in response, an announcement was made Tuesday that students who wore hoodies to school would have them taken. Hoodies have not been allowed at airline for a number of years because they can pose a safety concern, and the majority of students wearing them had been warned before. Was the timing right to take them yesterday? Perhaps not, but the school has provided sweatshirts in the past and continues to provide alternative outerwear. Parents can come to Airline to retrieve their child's hoodie, and several did at the end of school yesterday. Students can also pick up their outerwear after school today. That's from Justin James, the principal at Airline High School. Uh, yeah, the Timing is bad. Very bad. Not good. On a cold, rainy winter day, perhaps you could wait. But they warned them Tuesday.
1: But if you've, yeah, you've been warned. You've Don't wear warn this. And I
3: promise you it's not the first time they've been warned, I would bet, right. over and over again.
1: Well, in the statement they said, we've repeatedly mm-hmm. warned.
3: Yes. But should you maybe have waited till Monday when it's going to be 55 degrees or so, perhaps... Um, and they they acknowledge perhaps not that wasn't the right day to do it.
1: Yeah, but they got their message across, didn't they?
3: They got their message out loud and clear. Cause you're going home cold and wet if you don't have your hoodie. And they want they want to lay down the law. Stop breaking the rules. I always had an issue with my kids, and and, and I have a lot of teachers who teach at schools where hoodies aren't allowed, and they're very strict about it at some schools, and some, some schools are not. I used to have an issue with, you know, when they tell you no cell phones in school, and three of your five teachers enforce it, but those other two teachers, ah, they look the other way. Well, the kids aren't getting the message. They're right. going to try to violate yeah. it in those other classrooms, too. That's what kids do. Everybody's got to enforce it all the time, period. Don't let them wear it. If they walk in the classroom, the first class they come to with the hoodie on, go to the office. Take off the hoodie. They just have to get that way. Mm-hmm. They And I know then they'll say, well, then we'll take up half our day sending kids to the office.
1: There's something I want to look into also. Both my kids went to Airline High School. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was years ago. Um, but... Can you only purchase school uniforms from the school? I don't know. Is that what I heard? I doubt
3: that. I doubt that. I doubt that's true. Um, Yeah, I would be very surprised if that was true. Um, You can get regular school uniforms, but some are saying you have to buy the outerwear just from the school. You know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I'll look into it and see. We'll we'll see.
1: Kimberly Derrick, she's the principal at Magnolia Charter School, and she's going to join us after the news at the bottom of the hour. 101.7 FM, 710. 101.7 one seven FM, 710 Keel. Mike M. McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline from Magnolia Charter School. Uh, president Kimberly Derrick joins us. Good morning, Kimberly. President? She's the Good principal. Morning. You want to be president? Did I say president? I don't
3: want
5: to be president, no. You no.
1: Did I say president? Yeah, you did. That's okay. Oh, Lord, you, I didn't even
3: write it down. Where did that come from? He hadn't had any medicine.
1: The, the i haven't char- had near enough cough syrup yet
3: folks don't know about <laughs> charter schools we talked a little bit about it earlier in the hour but if you want your child to go to magnolia charter school you don't charge it's free right
5: it is totally tuition free all you have to do is live in caddo parish and you apply online at www.magnoliacharter.org okay and you go from kindergarten all the way to high school now correct kindergarten all the way through twelfth grade your baby can start in kindergarten and get a diploma next door but yeah you have separate
3: campuses so what yes. you're, you're the principal of the lower school right
5: that's correct i'm the principal at the k-5 campus and then our upper school is the 612 campus but we're right next door to each other in walking distance
3: charter schools were put in place in louisiana some for specific reasons Um, to teach certain specific subject areas, or be a you know hone in on what what is Magnolia's mission? What's your goal?
5: Well, the um, Shreveport Charter Foundation, that is our board, saw a need for parents to have a choice about their child's education. That is really why Magnolia was started, so that parents have a choice, a different option um, in Caddo Parish.
1: So if parents want to find out more information, where do they go? How do they find out more information about Magnolia Charter School?
5: Well, they can do a couple of things. Of course, our um, website, like I said, is www.magnoliacharter.org, or they can call the school and set up a a tour. We do tours um, whenever parents want to come in. They can speak with our enrollment manager, Ms. Regina Arnold, or I will be happy to have a conference with them.
3: Kim Derrick, president of Magnolia Church.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Congratulations on the promotion. <laughs>
5: Thanks for your time. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you bet. 101.7 FM, 710 Keogh. William Daniel with the Water and Sewage de- uh, Department going to be joining us next. Mike and McCartney. I don't know why I feel like I have to see William Daniel like this. William Daniel on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline.
3: I'm sorry, Mr. Daniel. 101.7 <laughs> I don't know
1: why. William Daniel, they just sound so good like that. Uh, Sounds like he's had too much coffee. <laughs> yeah,
3: with Bailey's in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm just so happy the lake levels are, are dropping and, and we, we do have some good news on the horizon.
3: You were right.
6: Well, my staff was right. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in them. We looked at all everything that we were doing, and we felt pretty good about what the outcome would be.
1: William I, Daniel Water and Sewage Director for the City of Shreveport. Thank you for joining us,
3: Michael Berry at the Weather Service said, you know, in, in fact complimented your your department, saying that you know the the level is down to one seventy two today, and he attributed that to you guys getting ahead of the, and getting the gates open, um, and you've kept them open all week, right?
6: Yes, uh, we're. we're Look, we try to be very proactive about, you know, the lake level. People, you know, they forget that the primary purpose of the lake is to make water for 190,000 people, you know, the state's third largest city. But we are very cognizant of the fact that the lake, people live on it, they use it for recreation, and we try to keep it between that 171 and 172 level unfortunately you know sometimes we're supposed to get one inch of rain we get six and that changes uh, the calculus and in in, in the, the you know the way the lake behaves but we're very proactive in trying to uh, keep the lake at certain levels.
3: Okay, let's clear up because yesterday because the other day when we spoke to you we were talking to you about uh, the gates open. are there three gates or four gates and people were on my behind saying no, there's four gates and uh, what are you what can you've confirmed it now? Are there three or four gates up there?
6: There are four gates. <laughs> However, one gate has never been opened. It's a sluice gate and it was built, it's below all the other gates, and it was built to uh, drain the lake um, down to like 60 feet, I think. And so if that gate were opened, the lake would would drain uh, pretty precipitously. However, since it's never been opened, nobody is sure if it will open, but more importantly, they're not sure if they got it open that they could get it closed. So, the research that I have done is that that gate has never been opened.
3: Okay, and the third gate—is it fully opened or partially?
6: It's probably sixty percent open. It is um, it is damaged, and we're working to try and you know get between seven hundred and fifty thousand and a million dollars. I've actually got a report coming in. We have an engineering company looking at the the gates. Uh, And their preliminary report is due in the next week or so. Mm -hmm. So I'll know more then.
1: Okay. Talking with William Daniel from the Water and Sewage Department. William, that third gate that you said is damaged and it's about 60% open. Can you close it as well if you need to?
6: Yes, we can close it. We just can't open it, uh, fully open it.
3: Okay. What are you now projecting? What is your staff now projecting for Cross Lake? 172 now. Looks like it's still going down, but we got a long day of rain ahead today.
4: We
6: do. Uh, we've still got all the gates open. It's just going to depend on how hard, it, how hard it rains, but we, we don't think that, that there's going to be a, a big uh, difference in the, in the lake level.
3: And are you getting? And this may not be your in your purview, but I'm sure you're in the meetings. Are y'all getting calls um, from folks who have water in their homes yet, or is it just still approaching a lot of homes?
6: We uh, personally, I don't know of anybody who's got water in their home. Um, there's been some water that's come up in some people's backyards, and I get it. PTSD from 2016. Um, I completely understand their their consternation um we went out to a meeting trying to reassure some of them uh, that we didn't believe that it would um you know get a whole lot higher they're understandably skeptical Mm -hmm. i get it uh but like i said we're very proactive in trying to keep the lake level down uh so um i like i have a lot of confidence in my staff and Their ability to do their job. Uh, We're also uh, going to to apply, perhaps for a grant um, to model Cross Lake. The state has money for modeling, and we're going to apply for a grant. And there may be something already in the works. We're not one hundred percent sure, but we're going to apply for a grant to model cross lake which would take into account all the tributaries and rain and uh, maybe get some gauges uh in some different places where that would give us even better uh forecasting accuracy for the lake
1: well it it fortunately looks like you've got that kind of under control i don't want to jinx anything but what about (laughs) yeah what about in other areas like you know, runoff and drains in the, within the city, are you having any other issues that you're having to deal with as well?
6: Well, that's, you know, that's uh, uh, called stormwater, and that is under the purview of um, the public works director, Gary Norman. Mm-hmm. So you should call up Gary and get him on the show. He gets up early as well.
5: Okay.
1: We I, might, well, we, I was thinking that was, <laughs> those are sewers. That, yeah,
3: you know, I'll, I'll, we may give him you
1: know, a not
6: Yeah, we don't have a consolidated sewer and stormwater system. We have a stormwater system and a sewer system, and uh, I think if you took a poll of cities that had you know that had a consolidated stormwater and sewer system you'd find that they wish they weren't so i think we're better off without uh, a consolidated system please forgive me Mr. i'm not Daniel, a bad person
3: let me ask you this between you know tomorrow maybe sunshine coming back and another round of rain next week what is your plan with regard to the gates? Do you leave them open through that entire time, or do you try to close them, build the lake, you know, keep the lake at a, at a decent level, and then maybe reopen them next week? What's the plan now?
6: Well, the plan currently is to keep the gates open. We're going to try to get it down, you know, near 170. Uh, and then uh, 170 is kind of optimum for us for uh, making uh, water. We, uh, we don't want to stir up, you know, a lot of solids, when we when we are pulling uh, from our intake at the lake, so we, we try to keep it around 170. Any lower starts causing us some issues, which runs up the cost of of making the water, uh, and the quality um, you know can suffer. So we're going to try to get it down to around 170, and then we'll then the staff will look at the rain and decide whether or not. Uh, they're going to keep the gates, you know, well, we'll keep three gates open or two or maybe we'll close one gate. Uh, we're still looking at that. It's, it's like a week to 10 days out, so uh, we'll stay on top of it. Like I said, my staff, they are weathermen, they are gate operators, they are, you know, we, we have hatchery people out there. Uh, we have chemists, microbiologists. Uh, they wear a lot of different hats. Three.
1: a seven fm 710 keel mike and McCarty changing gears just a little bit uh tom brady retired again- mm-hmm. uh he he in fact he made the announcement yesterday which was february 1st he also made his first retirement announcement february 1st 2021 before he came back a month or so later and announced he was going to play with the Tampa bay buccaneers mm-hmm didn't turn out well (laughs) Uh, makes me think of michael jordan
3: uh, oh yeah he says this time he's done
1: but he says this time he's finished but you brought up an interesting point that the timing of this correlates with the opening of this new movie coming out.
3: hmm 80 uh, for Brady. 80
1: for Brady.
3: It's the four old chicks. I think Rita Moreno. <laughs> four old chicks. Jane Fonda. Who are the other two? That I don't know the full cast, but it looks like a very cool movie. It's four women who follow Tom Brady around. They're obsessed with him.
1: Sally Field. Yes. Lily Tomlin.
3: Mm-hmm. It looks hilarious. Looks And, and Tom Brady's a big star in the movie. You know, they're following him around to his games. They have big crushes on him. They just want to hang out with Tom Brady.
1: I, I would, I would, I think this would probably be fun. Mm-hmm. But I know too much about Jane I Fonda. I know, I know, and
3: I have to look and beyond that. And she doesn't that.
1: even look like her. Have you seen the trailer? Oh yeah. It doesn't yeah. even look like her. No. Which maybe I could go. Oh, Lily Tomlin's the same way. I know too yeah. much about. And I used to think she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I used to think Roseanne Barr was hilarious. Right. Right.
3: I look beyond that when I go to the movies. I try to, I, I, but, it, but it is hard. I get that. But I think the announcement this week, little bit of a way to plug the movie. <laughs> you now, think, now you think the, he gave a rip about the opening of this film? Oh, I'm sure somebody probably talked him into it and said, hey, if you're going to do it, do it the week the movie opens. That way we'll get a little, because he's making money from this movie you know he's probably got a few points on it too i bet oh, yeah I and guess. um so he might get some residuals if it's a good does opening he,
1: does he need any more money no though? he doesn't I need mean... any more
3: money but the people that worked on the movie he's probably they're probably like please dude please dude please dude do, do right, it the week yeah. of the movie please do it the week of the movie and he was like yeah okay i'll do it the week the movie opens so the movie opens tomorrow tom brady's announcement yesterday eh, coincidence i think not <laughs> I think not. 80 for Brady. They're I hoping to get butts in seats cuz typically it's hard to sell a movie like this. Kind of a rom-com, you know, older folks and, you know, young people are the ones that are that are going to the movies if if anybody is. There are some of us old old folks that like to go, but this is a hard sell for Reuben is not going to see 80 for Brady.
1: It's just not happening. Reuben, you're not? You're not going to go see 80 for Brady? No, You're I don't You're not going to so, go no. see Lily Tomlin and no. Jane Fonda? It's not a fine dining uh, movie. He only likes fine dining. Watch, but he'll watch Gummo. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yeah. The
3: Menu, which he made me watch. Don't do it. <laughs> the Menu. Oh, Don't do it. Oh, it's so
0: good. It's so good. <laughs> I thought it was a fine dining movie. It's the best movie I've seen in a long time. Everybody dies. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, and if, you're really? looking for, if you're looking for something to watch uh, tonight, uh, Shyamalan's newest one, Old, watch that last night. Very uh, good. Okay. Very good.
3: Never following your advice again. <laughs> There's
0: a new
1: series out about gangster called Sopranos. I may start that tonight. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> hey, make it a great Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday, 101 7FM, 710 Kiyo.